Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Because our country is like so brainwashed and shitty that like people associate the word liberal with far left when that couldn't be farther than the fucking truth. Mm-hmm. Like they're like a baby step less right wing than conservatives because I mean conservatives and liberals are both neoliberals just one has reactionary politics layered on top of it and the other one has identity politics layered on top of it that's the difference the difference is the aesthetics Mm. all right back King Jimmy's back yay and all the peasants rejoiced and the peasants rejoiced yeah there was much rejoicing I've never been happier. What was wrong with the doggos? I don't know. Kermit was just acting like a psycho. He was just doing like sprints in the basement. I'm like barking upstairs. I was like, no, 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 no. We can't do this. Well, I mean, why don't you just let him be, man? He's living his little life. Because like I don't he want it to pick up on the recording. <laughs> uh, oh man. So, speaking of the recording, I was reading about this one article you got here. Uh, about the the Namibian man named oh, after Adolf, Adolf Hitler. Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's just like a truly unfortunate thing. Uh, yeah. but I was reading about uh, like Germany's involvement in Namibia. Namibia. Yes. Oh my God, Namibia. It's, Namibia. Yeah, it's like Western South Africa, right? Am I wrong? Or is it mm-hmm. Eastern South Africa? Western South Africa. Um, let me double check. I think I literally just saw this. Uh, I don't want to get that wrong. Western South Africa, yeah, it's just north Western. and uh, west of South Africa. Yeah. Um, bad. There's the, why, why are genocides such a thing? Why why do people why do people immediately jump to that conclusion? Why? Why? <laughs> I, because like I was Wait. I was reading. Of course, like, the story is about Adolf Hitler. And how there's this guy who has, the has same name. risen to prominence, yeah, in Namibia, who happens to have right. the same name, that, right? And that really sucks, yeah. But the reason he has the same name is because of colonization, right? And a- a- in the midst of this colonization, there was a genocide. So it's just like there's a this story is just bookended with genocide. Like there was genocide in Namibia, like they genocided yeah. the Namibians. Yes, and in I've never heard. And I've never even heard of the Namibia genocide because that's yeah. even new information to me. I mean, yeah. In fact, like yeah. this, this sentence right here kind of like sums up just like the state of humanity, right? It says the the Herero and Nama genocide was the first genocide of the twentieth century. Fun. It's like mm, great. The first, first one. of many. Yeah, they were a lot. Uh, and that was just last century. That was only twenty years ago. Well, the genesis. <laughs> yes, last century was twenty years ago. Yes, that's right. Last century only <laughs> not, was not, not to be confused. Oh, that was a little the, bit farther. Not ago. to be confused with the genocide, which was longer than that. But yes, yes, yeah. I, well, yeah. It, of course, it's like oh, last last millennium was also twenty years ago. You know, these types of things happen just <laughs> yeah. uh, roll out in patterns. Um, twenty four thousand between twenty four thousand and one hundred thousand Hereros died in the in the genocide, and an additional ten thousand Nama, and an unknown number of San. 
I, I don't know a lot of these uh, ethnicities, to be honest. I've yeah. never heard of a Sand Peoples or a Nama or I mean, I'm a assuming it's different tribes. Thing. I'm sure that if you lined them up, they would all look the same, right? Well, they well, if they were from the same area, I would see no reason why they wouldn't look very similar. Yeah. Um, but uh, probably you know different cultural. Stuff. They have different cultures. Yeah. 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 They they associate differently. Right. Uh, yeah. So most of the people died from death and starvation, or death from starvation and dehydration. Uh, they basically like left them out in the desert. Like the German forces forced them out into the Nabib Desert. And they just died out there. Why? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, just because? Yeah, I guess it's just like a German thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's just the Germans like to, you know, they just, they like their beer, they like their sausages, and like genocide. occasionally genocide. Yeah. Well, I was looking at something the other day, and I think France still has about a dozen military bases in Africa still, primarily in former colonies, just, uh, you know, further the evidence of previous episodes talking about colonial colonialism never really ending. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty. There neat. are more than 4,500 French troops based in the Sahel region. Um, which is France's largest overseas operation. And the UN has more than 15,000 personnel in Mali. Hmm. And an operation known as Minus, Minusma. Minusma? Have you ever heard of that? No. Let's check it out. Oh boy, United Nations peacekeeping. That's great. Let's check it out. Let's see what's going on there. Yep. Uh, yes, the United Nations Multidimensional Integrated Stabilization Mission in Mali, or MINUSMA. Yeah, that's the that's the acronym. Okay. Oh, I got you. That's, yeah, it just sounds like a carefully worded, we're not supposed to be here, but we're going to be here anyway, so mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Um, uh, yes, of course, uh, to support political processes in that country and carry out a number of security-related tasks. So bully around the local establishment so they do what you want them to? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, if history is any guide of uh, future actions, that would, yeah, that would be the, uh, the safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, mm-hmm. Africa will never get a f- fair shake. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Not anytime soon. As long as um, other uh, countries can benefit off of their uh, lack of standing in the uh, rest of the world, mm-hmm. I won't get a fair shake. Why am I even? Why would I be reading about Manusma from the United Nations? Like that's that's kind of stupid. Like it's like the yeah <laughs> yeah it's well, a, you know, they're I'm, going I'm to show it in the best effect. possible light yeah exactly mm-hmm. I mean and there's I guess there's a possibility that it could be producing um, net positives I, I don't know I mean I, I, I don't I don't want to immediately be like oh these you know United Nations people and all the people that are involved with this operation are well doing wrong or like furthering colonization yeah. I'm yeah. I'm not going to. F- uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I feel like a lot more research needs to be given to that topic yeah. in order to be able to speak about it. I mean, I'm pretty sure the United <laughs> Nations were pro on like the bombings of the Balkans in the early 90s. So, or, so I'm I'm not necessarily. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I don't know what all the United Nations track record is and stuff. Uh oh, you you're talking about the um the Kosovo war? Yeah. Yeah, the NATO bombing of Yugoslavia. Oh, I guess that was yeah. was, was that just NATO or was that also the UN? It might have just been NATO. I might have I might have been combining the two together. So uh, let's see. So the airstrikes lasted from March 24th, 1999 to June 10th. Um, the bombings continued, led to the withdrawal of Yugoslav armed forces from Kosovo and the establishment of the United Nations interim administration mission in Kosovo. Mm, and, okay. uh, Ooh, that's a nice, actually, that's a nice little pull out there. Let's see what we got. Um, let's see. Both Serbs and Albanians were killed in 90 human rights watch confirmed incidents in which civilians died as a result of NATO bombings. Mm-hmm. It reported as few as 489 and as many as 528 Yugoslav citizens that were killed in the NATO airstrikes. Okay, so there were NATO airstrikes, not UN airstrikes, but the UN was later mm-hmm. involved. So you could, you could, could, they're tangentially involved in the shit without okay. being the ones doing the bombing. But the, uh, yeah, and they also used uh, depleted uh, uranium, I think, bombs and ammunitions over there. So they're still like insanely Ew. high cancer rates and stuff and they also did a lot of targeting of hospitals and uh electric plants and water plants facilities and stuff like that war crimes like literal war crimes they weren't strategically 100%. striking military operations they were targeting civilian infrastructure so yeah it's just all fucked yeah that's against the geneva convention right uh i would hope so i know it's against some some laws and some books that aren't followed <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? How, how does how does the enforcement of the Geneva Convention actually work? It it doesn't. Um, uh, there's I can't remember what the law is. There's basically, or I don't know if it's a law or an American policy that basically, if the United States was to be pulled on war crimes, that it gives the United States the legal justification to bomb Brussels. Or something like that. (laughs) You know, you gotta laugh. It's from how insane it is. It's like if they, (laughs) basically, if this, if this international court of law tried to use charge American uh, troops of war crimes, that yeah, they would have the legal. Let me go find it because it sounds so batshit insane that it makes me sound like a conspiracy theorist for saying it out loud. But it it sounds insane. It's like an actual thing. Um, Yeah, like the Geneva Convention was being produced to. uh, a multi-nation panel, you know, one of those nations being the United States. And they're like, okay, so we have everyone's best interest in mind. Uh, we'd like everybody to see what we've written, everybody review it. And on page 13, uh, section B, uh, paragraph A, uh, you can see that if we do happen to fuck up in our administration of these peacekeeping duties, then the United States can bomb the hell out of us. Is that good with everybody? Is that good with everybody? And the United States is over there like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to get my bomb on. <laughs> it's like, and they're like, everybody around him is just like, oh, United States, you're always about to get your bomb on. And everybody else is just like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, cute, cute, shitty laugh track. <laughs> right. Oh, or, okay. uh, wait, I think I found it. 
I think I found it. Oh, it's called the Hague Invasion Act. Okay. 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 U.S. This was 2002. U.S. President George Bush today signed into law American Service Members Protection Act of 2002, which is intended to intimidate countries that ratified the treaty for the International Criminal Court or the ICC. The new law authorizes the use of military force to liberate any American or citizen of U.S. allied country being held by the court, which is located in The Hague, not Brussels. Get my shit mixed up. This provision, dubbed the Hague Invasion Clause, has caused a strong reaction from U.S. allies around the world, particularly in the U.S. and Netherlands. So, yeah, literally what I just said, that if you try to, mm. try to uh, hold our people accountable for war crimes and lock them up in this institute... We have the legal justification to invade you. <laughs> <laughs> to get our dudes back. Uh, to, to liberate them. Yeah, big air quotes around that. Yeah, so basically just saying like, nah, uh, international criminal court doesn't apply to us. Nana, nana, boo, boo. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's great to be on top. Uh, wait, wait, actually, what's that, what's that song from... Um, the road to El Dorado, or like it's tough to be a god. Da, 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 da. I, I bet like the president just like regularly sings that to himself, especially like he's like he's like fumbling around the nuclear football. I know it's not an actual football, okay, but <laughs> nonetheless, I bet he's like sitting there like passing around the nuclear football in his oh, office. Oh, I get what you All his buddies. Um, yeah. So hut hut hike, and then you know singing songs about. His awesome might, military on, prowess. On some level, I don't even know how much the president even considers or does this much stuff. You know what I mean? Like they surround themselves nah. with so many fucking cartoonishly evil hacks that mm -hmm. it, it's almost like how much of is it is it just perpetual motion of all these cartoonishly evil hacks you surround yourself with? That yeah. not not to say not to say that acquits them of their crimes and that we shouldn't hold them accountable for it, right? But I still don't know how much of it are like their actual own individual ideas and motives, or if it isn't like these because like they know they're put they're putting in corrupt fucking freaks around them. You know, you look at all these people like they're they're they've been working for I don't know Raytheon or military industrial complex businesses or Wall Street or or pharmaceutical companies, right? So they know they're putting in all these corrupt people that are just pushing papers in front of them and telling them to sign it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that that's exactly what it is. There's just a bunch of little fingers running around, um, you know, trying to find their, their next big break. Exactly. Uh, and that probably comes through the form of, of contracts and bureaucracy more often than not, which mm -hmm. is why individuals like us have such a hard time following um, or how any other individual has a hard time following uh, all of the corruption and you know nepotism and oligarchy that's going on in in whatever given government, yeah, uh, but explicitly the United States government. Uh, yeah. And it, it's always an oversimplification to say a presidential administration is uh, actually ruled by the the president and you know the the titular character, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Trump administration sucked, but not explicitly because of Trump. But you know that but all of the the flunkies that were around them, uh, right. or better yet, probably more apt to say Trump was the flunky for them. Yeah. And, you know, they were running circles around and using him left and right, having him catch all of the flack. Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
he was the fall guy if anything was to go down. Pretty much, actually, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people were looking to, you know, get rid of the guy. Yeah. So in the instance that, I and I think that like he he kind of feels something like that, uh, you know, around a, a time of year in which we're seeing like you sent one article here, um, uh, which just sounds like so fucking depressing about how it's like apparently the winter COVID surge is going to be the worst event that this country will face, which sounds like an a little bit of a overreaction. I but no man. <laughs> well, we, let's let's oh, save that. Let's save that for just a second. Like, <laughs> but okay. because the public, the public sentiment is against the guy, right? And everybody was fearing that there was going to be some kind of manipulation of the votes, or if, you know, if any way, shape, and form that that was even a legitimate process, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't he wouldn't submit, uh, or you know, he wouldn't uh, subvert his power at all, and um, and ultimately, it sounds like he's going to step down without a fight. Yeah. So. All of these people that were clamoring to ultimately get a literal piece of that guy, uh, you know, have have kind of subsided. And I think that the fall guy has kind of made it away scot-free to an extent. Probably set himself up in his family for life and their lives. Right. Like every other president. The Trump dynasty has come. Yeah. He's there. He he made it. It's not different than any other person. I mean, mean, Mm -hmm. every fucking president is like set up. yeah, mm-hmm. the the roots for a dynasty. Yeah, I mean, how many how many fucking Bushes have been or try to be president? Same with the fucking Clintons. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the fucking Kennedys. Like a Kennedy ran Kennedys. for like mm-hmm. the House seat. They lost. Yeah. Or wait, was it a Senate seat? Mm-hmm. I can't remember which. A House or a Senate seat, and they fucking lost. But like, they're still around. Yeah, yeah. They 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 still are are very wealthy and very powerful. Um. So they they just kind of bide their time, and in the instance that you know public opinion or market research uh, yields a favorable response, they go run again. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, like I, Bloomberg was a great example of that. Like I th- I feel like Jesus he like Christ. totally ignored his market research, but just like threw money at a wall, and he was still making it on stage. Oh like, yeah, he showed that you could literally buy. A he podium. literally bought like, it. I'm here. He mm-hmm. bought support. Literally same, bought. same with that uh, Tom Steyer guy. He was also a billionaire. Uh, mm-hmm. Fucking came out of nowhere. Stage. Yeah, no clout other than the fact that they were just like wealthy people. But yep. in the United States, that's respectable. Like that—that exactly. that is that is our god. And we consider that you know, democracy. We... The fact that <laughs> if you're wealthy enough, you can buy representation and get yourself onto a debate stage. Right. And we yeah because we why, celebrate. Why it. would our world be unfair enough? Yeah, no, it's fucking disgusting. It's a fucking joke. I fucking, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting. But this is a, okay, so to to talk about this article, though. Which um, one? This is a. <laughs> Which one? It's from, well, we, we could we could talk a little about, about Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite Adolf Hitler right here, which isn't saying Yeah, Adolf lot. Hitler Unona. Ooh. Poor guy. Unona, yeah. Mr. Mr. Unona, yeah, this, this, or is it Ununona? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce. It's difficult. As to use, I'm not going to act like I know Ooh, how to pronounce it. Unona. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it, apparently he was really sad to find out that Adolf Hitler was a bit of a bitch. Yeah. And uh, huh. Yep. He, he won though. I mean, like he won the election. Um, 
and that's all that's all good yeah it's so center left swap out party so what exactly is center left according to the bbc i don't i i have no fucking clue i don't know if this was international standards if it's international mm-hmm. standards and like center left would be like a bernie sanders and a bbc yeah. is a yeah. much more of a international uh like a social outlet. democrat yeah like a social democrat Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, democratic socialist not being the same thing. <laughs> yeah, democratic socialist would be maybe a, a another half step in the left direction. But the I can't even name any politicians that, that are actually like serving as literal politicians that happen to be democratic socialists. So think, shame on me. I th- yeah, I think there's some in the uh, Europe. Europe, you'll you'll find that kind of stuff. And I mean, Bernie Sanders claimed he was a democratic socialist, but he's really a social democrat. Yeah, um, he's a social democrat. He's a social democrat. But that's another story. The uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know where we're starting this podcast, but yeah, a guy named Adolf Hitler ran in Namibia, previously a German colony. Uh, the guy, the dude's dad was just like heard the name Adolf Hitler it's a, it's a it's a german colony it was just like i like that name i don't know shit about it but that's a nice sounded name i'm going to name my son that and that's what he did <laughs> and yeah that's it <laughs> that's the story <laughs> that's that's the whole story i think most of that story was definitely about the colonization of germany and how that there was a genocide and, yeah that uh, that's another thing Mm-hmm. Who knew yeah. another genocide that I wasn't aware of until now? What a surprise! Yeah, you, you can you can't really swing a dead cat without hitting a genocide these days. You know what I mean? Pretty much, especially when it comes to Africa. <laughs> yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yep, they are abundant. Um, to. I want to talk about this other story. Why do okay. they think it's why, why do they think it's going to be the worst event that this country will face? What's what's up with the winter COVID surge? Okay, well, White House health advisors. Okay. Okay. So let's look. So have you looked at the COVID Act Now website recently? Oh man, I haven't lately. Let's look see. At COVID. It. It's like all Act. red, and we all we all know red's bad. Unless yeah, red red about mean communism, bad. Then it's good. But outside of that, okay. it's bad. Oh, damn, dude. Severe outbreak in Tennessee. <laughs> no. Yeah. So you see that map, right? We're And we're yeah. just now on the fledgling beginnings of flu season, right? So you're going to be combining yeah. these people, throwing these germs around. And we're already, we're already having, like, it's, it's, we're, we're past containment anymore. Containment basically isn't an option anymore. The the okay. infection rate and the spread rate and uh, everything else is at such a high point. You can't, we can't contain it. It's basically, it's just going to keep spreading and it's just going to keep getting worse. And uh, and then that's coming on along with a financial recession. That dwarfs the OA crisis and is on par with the Great Depression, given if you look at like unemployment numbers and everything else that's going on, uh, the number of people uh, 
uh, set to be evicted when the moratorium ends. It's basically just endless shitty shit. The number of people that have already died from COVID and the number of people projected to be able to die. I, 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 it's fucking terrible, man. Yeah. That's why. Okay. Yep. 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 Yeah, you're right. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. And the government's not doing uh. anything about it. And and the the fucking the most recent relief bill they passed had no relief checks in it. The one for what nine hundred billion dollars or whatever it has no stimulus yeah. checks for people. Even though yeah, man, there's no there's no presidential uh, nominee on on the ticket anymore, man. That 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 shit's done. Exactly. Like, it's almost it's a, exactly. It's almost as if once you give them your fucking vote, they don't have to do shit for you anymore. Wow, what a great system. Mm-hmm. I didn't even give him a vote. Uh, yeah, I didn't give him either. <laughs> and I don't fucking feel bad about it. In fact, I feel maybe great they about knew it. that we didn't give them the vote, and they don't want to like no, you know, that they don't want to stroke us back. Yeah, no, it's fucking, it's disgusting. Um, yeah, and they they, they don't care. Like, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. I think you're going to see basically every when everyone was talking about like the possible. Uh, um, violence and uh, just general uh, disaster that was going to come due to uh, I don't know nefarious things happening during the election. Nah, that 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 boat already sailed. It didn't fucking happen. It's going to go because people are fucking homeless and people are fucking hungry. Because mm-hmm. uh, nobody's doing shit about it. I mean, they're closing like at this point in time with the way the infection rate's going. Them closing down small businesses isn't solving anything from containing the virus and it's destroying local economies while not giving these businesses money to sustain themselves. It's one thing to shut down businesses and give businesses money until it is a form of containment. It's another thing to shut down businesses and tell them it's illegal to run their business when people are going bankrupt. Like that's fucking criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You're, you're effectively just uh, telling you can just skip the middleman there. Like, oh well, you close your doors. Uh, you're you're done doing business. Like, you you are now bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Like, well, wait a second. Like, I still have money. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, you you won't have money. We know how this works. Like, there are all kinds of like banks and other uh, rentier capitalist institutions that are going to bleed you dry because we can't regulate them. Because if we regulate them, then we automatically are making our way towards socialism, and we certainly don't want to do that because. Right. All of these rentier capitalists and uh, financing executives are going to come down on us, and we can't have that because we want to remain in power. So, fuck you, little guy. You know, go go put your family out on the street, or you know, deal with your landlord independently, or whoever owns your your building or your line of credit or whatever it is that your is your lifeline. Exactly. You know, f- fuck you. And, and basically, every first world country that isn't the United States paid people their wages if they weren't working like let's say you know my job if i couldn't work due to this they would pay up to anywhere between 50 to 90 percent of the wages if i wasn't able to work and do my job due to covid united states is the only country that didn't do that united states is the only country that didn't give people monthly stimuluses united states is the only country that just let this fucking virus just fucking murder people left and right without shutting down the economy. It, it's a fucking joke. It is such mm-hmm. a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, it, it, it is. The United States is, is the only country where people lost their health care because all these other first world countries have universal fucking health care. But guess what? In the United States of America, when your business gets shut down because the government's shutting it down or the economy dies and you lose your job, guess what? You also lose your fucking health care. Yeah, because it's all tied to uh, propping up uh, uh, reserve labor forces. You know, you want you want to make sure that everyone is incentivized to constantly contribute to the mechanism which you know you know by by proxy is profitable for owning classes exactly it's so it's like it makes me want to puke it's just so gross and uh yeah it's it's fucking pathetic like i can't Mm -hmm. it's just this country is just such a joke it's just such a joke (laughs) and people that bend over backwards to defend it it, it just it, it never ceases to amaze me, uh, mm-hmm. and then once again I, 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 I say this before and I'll say it again. It's just it's like it just shows you like how propagandized like people are in this country to just look at just just look at a fucking sea of graves, and and just be like yeah no this is American excellence right here. Yeah, this it's, is it's, the it's best. Work, working yeah. as intended. American exceptionalism and even to ask the question like if somebody's like you know what I live in the greatest country in the world if you were like oh how do you know that they're like are you not in absolute you know completely indoctrinated belief that we live in the best country on earth I was like well hold on like let's have a little discussion about this like no you're not patriotic enough how dare you even question the fact you know why I would have to provide you with justification for that I don't have to yeah. tell you that we live in the best country in the world. Like you've been told your entire life that we live in the best country in the world. Why in the world would you not also say, th- wait a second. Yeah. I've always been told that I live in the best country in the world. Hmm. It really doesn't take much. And, and these numbers are, are showing us just, just how out of whack that is. Mm, man. Okay, so I really like this. Uh, so you can actually go by county. Um, and we can compare some of the some of the worst that was fun. Uh, in terms of daily new cases per one hundred thousand. Um, can you can you guess which state? Well, uh, unfortunately, you told me what you were going to click, and then I clicked it, so I can guess. I wouldn't have guessed it, but I can because uh-huh. I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, okay, you're already, you're already right there. I'm already okay. right there. Well, boom. Uh, that's a, that's probably a whole lot. So I'm guessing that the population, yeah, that is that on the left. It's South there. Dakota, uh, it's number yeah. one. Yeah, for county, the do we, positive test rate. Uh, nearly county. a quarter of the people are testing positive. Well, positive test rate is like it's not percentage of the population. It's number of people that they test that that has symptoms. Right, but right. even then, oh, like yeah. the number of cases is is around ten percent. Right. Uh, per 100,000 and there's only about 6,000 people with you know almost 600 cases mm-hmm. so they're fucked yeah yeah they're I, gonna get hit really hard I, and I, then Ben County Colorado is about the same way like that those are similar very similar numbers with a, a little bit higher positive test rate mm-hmm. um, I think it's really scary when you scroll down to uh, Montour Colorado pencil or no wait Montour County uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm uh, where you have uh, 100% of the ICU headroom, uh, ICU headroom used. Yeah. So it's there, there's nothing left. Yeah. You know, no, they, I they're, mean, they're, so 
in the because this is third wave, right? They're calling this third wave, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Well, why? What, what qualifies wave? It should, by wave. We, there's just been peaks where it goes up and it mm-hmm. goes down. So we had where it first went up, right? Where it hit, yeah. you know, uh, New York, uh, California, Oregon, and like Washington. And then it went down in those places, right? And then it went up again where it was hitting, you know, like the deep south real hard, uh, including like Tennessee mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then it went was back Was it August? Down. Hmm? Uh, I think it was August, but I can't remember off the top of my head. I have a horrible uh, mental timeline. And now this is like the third wave, right? And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that... Fuck, what am I saying? Okay, during the second wave, uh, when Texas was getting hit really bad, I mean, we've already, I I just know from stories from people that I know in Texas of just, uh, I mean, basically hospitals didn't have the room to put people in places. And so they just had like people in the hallways and shit like that, trying to take care of people and and repurposing things like uh, unused gymnasiums and stuff like that, trying to repurpose them and to use for treating uh, COVID patients and things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to see a lot more of that, things being repurposed and trying to be utilized. And Do you think that people are just going to be put out of their homes en masse? I know that uh, that uh, Bashir moved in and tried to put a, a, a moratorium on evictions. Okay. Uh, but uh, I don't know how long that was ultimately supposed well, to last. So and even if it going. doesn't, well, if there's no way to enforce it, like uh, if you can stand to hire thugs to move in and evict someone for you, then even if the governor says something like moratorium on evictions, what's going to stop landlords from kicking people out if the banks are still coming and calling for for money? Yeah, I mean, I think you would have legal recourse, but a lot of times people that are getting evicted don't have the access to the legal recourse to try to, you know, prevent something like that. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be an issue. And also the issue... Not in a day. Yeah, that's what... Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying is that not... that they're not not immediately the not yeah necessarily immediately going to be the recourse and if you're homeless without a job without any money like what are you going to do in the long run right um mm-hmm. yeah so I'm agreeing with that and then I'm also just going to add on to it that a moratorium without rent forgiveness I'm not going to say it's worthless but it's next to worthless cuz you're just postponing mm-hmm. the inevitable if people don't have money today what makes Death you think slavery. they're going to have money tomorrow in order to uh, pay off these uh, uh, housing costs. And I saw some like crazy statistic talking about the number of people or percentage of people that are putting their uh, rent on credit cards, which is once again, just delaying the inevitable. If you're having to put your rent onto a credit card, you obviously don't have the money mm-hmm. to pay and it's going to yeah. be racking up, uh, you know, insane levels of debt, you know, 10, 50, 30, whatever percent of, you know, that going mm-hmm. up each month uh, obviously a lot of people aren't going to be able to pay that and when they're not able to pay it and you have large populations of people who m- may have to take a similar route to pay off their debts then they'll they'll ultimately come to a point in which none of them will be able as if it was as if something they would always ha- Exactly. Like if if they had to worry about actually acquiring property or being able to sustain themselves in a more forceful manner, um, you know, banks simply swooping up after these people's credits have been absolutely obliterated uh, by a situation like this, 
uh, all of those real estates just get consolidated in the hands of fewer and fewer people because there are so many fewer people with legitimate enough credit to be able to uh, afford a mortgage uh, or, or um, you know, something in that effect. Um, is that is that what you were saying? Oh, I, uh, what, I was what, thinking. What were you going no, on about? I was thinking more in the lines of like a of a rent strike of just like if you're not able to afford your rent and you live in like a housing complex with people as opposed to it, you know, just, I mean, you're going to, you, you could, you can organize with your other tenants to have formal rent strikes of like, we're just not going to fucking pay. Like we can't afford it. But then even outside of that, with the number of people that are unable to pay, I would assume that there's going to be certain instances where you have informal rent strikes where it's just like, we can't pay. Like, what are you going to do with us? Like none of us, none of us in this building can pay. Um, and that's, I mean, obviously, it's going to be, like, bad for the landlord, but it's going to, I don't know, it's just going to create a really big chain effect. But, I mean, I would encourage people to try to organize with their other renters until the government does something because, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to get knocked out on the street anyways, you might as well try to organize with your other uh, fellow renters and try to make something happen mm-hmm. until the government yeah, you... and local municipalities do it. Like, make it their issue. Don't let it just, like, let them go out alone you know um and you do mm-hmm. see uh situations of there was like uh they were trying to evict a, a family in portland and they chased out the police i don't know if you've seen the footage of this yet but uh it seems i guess, at least somewhat encouraging that maybe people are organizing to prevent this kind of stuff from happening oh what are they doing I don't know, like, how organized this actually is. I don't know if it was right place, right time, if, like, people were explicitly there. Well, there, I mean, the so the mayor's already responded telling the police to fuck these people and make them get the fuck out. But where the hell is the video? I'm sorry, I, like, brought up a thing and I don't even have the video up. I don't know, man. Uh, I'll find it later. I'll send it to you. But you'll have to take my word That's for true. it. It basically was just like a bunch of people in the street yelling at the police. And uh, they mm-hmm. actually left instead of running them over. So that was encouraging. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's always good. Um, hmm. I wonder what's going through those people's minds uh, when, when they're kind of sussing out a situation. Uh, is this the moment that we should run over these protesters or should we just fucking leave? Like, do you think that they get a sense of public sentiment? You know how, how people would react if they did something heinous, or or maybe they're they're growing a little bit of a of a sensitivity towards that type of thing. Maybe that's what's preventing them from from taking negative action against My, protesters that are forming rent strikes. Honestly, I think there's a bunch of fucking cowards, and there was way more protesters than there were police cars. There was like two police cars, and there was like over a hundred people. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a that is an overwhelming odd. Yeah, hmm. I think yeah. Even with guns, I think they were like, um, let's go back. Can't to shoot the police them all. Station. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what's going to happen. Like maybe the maybe the worst winter of United States history is going to lead to uh, a, a mass organization of of so many different groups and. Uh, you know, solidarity amongst those groups to the extent that things will legitimately change for the better. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. Right. And I would yeah, and I would think that with millions of people, you know, uh, set to be evicted, that they would be able to you know unite with other people and uh, 
you know, and also people that are housed, you know, that want to uh, support them and help help them as well. Yeah, just demand, <laughs> just demand better from the government. Like, no, <laughs> you're not going. You're not allowed to make these people go homeless right before winter and live on the fucking streets in the dead of winter. No. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like history will humanity. not look upon that kindly. You you don't want to get a um a bunch of nasty sh- snapshots of uh of people that are frozen to park benches because they couldn't mm-hmm. find a place to to stay. You know, like come on, like, humanity's better than that. Exactly, and it's not like we don't. I mean, have you very much could. Like, just yeah, there there are so many businesses out there that have been aimed at exploitation and uh like the seedy underbelly of our society for a long time it, it's very simple to just remake those businesses into um into public housing or something to that effect not that that's people, going to positively people in the homes that they're already in <laughs> it, yeah if they happen to already have a home then yeah. you know leave them in those homes mm-hmm. yeah at least that way they're going to be uh sequestered from one another yeah no, it's fucked. This is only going to get worse. Yep. Yeah. Yep, probably will. Speaking of bad, yeah. only going to get worse. How about here, here's another uplifting story? We got a real fun one today. Mm-hmm. Shoplifting spikes in U.S. amid increasing desperation as pandemic drags on. <laughs> People are shoplifting. That's great. For food. Because I like these food. folks that are. That, this is a Forbes article, right? And, and it makes me think that. Forbes readers, their target target audience are typically like wealthy, like middle class folks mm-hmm. uh, that have no idea how like theft works or how how no idea why people would even steal a thing. Yeah, uh, like the the first comment in the in the story, there is a well known historical correlation between unemployment and theft. It's yeah, like, I was like, really? oh no shit, Sherlock. No duh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost as if most crimes are crimes of desperation and shouldn't be illegal in the first fucking place. And that if we had the fucking, if we if we made basic needs basic rights, then this these fucking crimes wouldn't be happening in the first fucking place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they also call these low impact crimes, which I find to be kind of unsettling because low impact crimes, at least according to this guy, Jeff Zisner, the chief executive work of workplace security firm Aegis, uh, that's a, a theft of bread, pasta, and baby formula. Hmm. So wow. not only are they like the cheapest of foods, uh, but for also babies. the things that are for babies. Yeah, yeah, cheapest cheapest of foods and baby stuff. Like you're talking about, like feeding a lot of people really quickly. Um, you know, with you know, with it, as much as you can, like pack into a a a purse or a backpack, and just run for the hills. <laughs> like, because <laughs> what else are you gonna do? Are, are, uh, I mean, if you're sorry. if you're stealing pasta, you got you got bad times. You got real bad times. Yeah, I mean it's a dollar a fucking pack. Yeah, it's you're not. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. times are not good for you. Uh, what's even more fucked up? The local Walmart by my house, they have all of their baby for- formula behind a glass wall. It's, you have to get oh someone God. to come over with the key so you can get baby formula. No shit. So those people will steal it. Isn't that fucking disgusting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I- 
what do you think that would look like if uh they just rationed it instead and they're just like hey oh you have a baby cool like uh here's how much a like a, a a baby is said to need and you have babies cool here you go like why why can't cuz money you can't <laughs> can't run a business that way Oh yeah, you can't just give things away. That's yeah, right. Oh yeah. Okay. Right. I'm out of touch. I forget these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, no, it's okay, Tim. I have the same problems too. Yeah, I was like, why don't they just like give it away? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. Because like uh, they, well, they paid money for it because there was a company out there that produced said thing, yeah. and the company out there, uh, of course, wants to pull a profit because the people aren't just going to like work and produce something like baby formula because. They, of course, live in places which they will get evicted from unless they pay their rentier capitalist overlords right. a certain tithe every every month or every two weeks, whatever you, kind of thing you have set up. Uh, so it all comes back to that. Yep. Uh, it, if you don't have a place in which you can uh, subsist without having to worry about selling your labor, then you're always going to be caught in this cycle. And you're always going to have people that are, of course, going to, as it says... Let's see. Um, shoplift, uh, sometimes surging up to 34% uh, during national crises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, national crisis. Hmm. Yeah, a little more apparent for some. Um, you know, some people are, are upset about the stock market plummeting or, you know, having a, a bad day with the Dow. Uh, but it ain't as bad as stealing pasta and baby formula that's a bad day exactly and uh yeah and just like to add like another thing so you have another statistic here during the first eight months of the pandemic there was a 222 percent spike in burglaries and 10 percent rise in robberies inside new york city's bodegas and corner stores according to police department data obtained by the new york times once again uh crime increasing due to people's precariousness in society and having to try to make ends meet the only way they can which is through crime and it just kind of goes to show that if you wanted that mo you could decrease once again tie-in was earlier uh or eliminate most crime in society just by making sure people have their basic needs met people don't like to go to crime for the vast majority of people people do not want to be criminals people just mm-hmm. want a place to sleep food to eat um and yeah, that that's 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 it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Be able to I don't know enjoy some niceties every now and again. And if you're able yeah. to help people, if people are able to obtain those things, they're not going to turn to crime. Like no one like is bored into this world and goes, oh we, I can't wait until I get to become a burglar. That's what I've always wanted mm-hmm. to do. <clears throat> right. Yeah, if if you don't have your basic needs met, it makes it really hard to sit down and enjoy a television show. Yeah. Yeah, people aren't exactly concerned with entertaining themselves first. And not to say that there aren't stupid people out there. Like there are definitely some people that, that will put uh you know, they they'll they'll misprioritize, but when your belly starts growling, it's really hard to confuse. Yeah. Really hard to confuse hunger with some other kind of need. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah, I I feel like the solution to this problem in the long term is just to have um a a clear-cut more sustainable supply chain for your foodstuffs if you can just if you can localize all of that then you don't have to worry about problems like well like like a pandemic for example like you can afford to actually stay in 
uh, in relative obscurity without having to like, go out into a, um, a heavily populated workplace um, and, and, and pass the disease amongst one another while you happen to habitate the same area. Um, if all of your foodstuffs is, is localized, uh, you don't have to worry about these supply chains running dry because it's right there. It's in your backyard. It's in your neighbor's backyard. Um, like so few people garden, especially so few, so few people subsistence garden, um, is a pretty rare thing. And I know I'm not going to go back on like some kind of like, Oh, we all need to be anarcho primitivists or something. Um, but it, it would help a lot. Yeah. I mean, like I will agree with you to the extent of maybe our, maybe our bananas don't need to come from Latin America and our blueberries come from Chile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can grow your blueberries. Or I know I know you can grow like blackberries and raspberries and things like that in yeah. the area in which we live. And it, yeah, and it's not to say that we can't you know ship certain things, but even still, I mean, you're still going to go to a grocery store. I would assume some kind of store to acquire food. I mean, I don't know. I mean, some people live in apartment buildings. It's not like everyone's going to be able to uh, grow their own food or whatever. But yeah, it comes back to real estate again. Yeah, pe- people have been uh, cheated out of their natural right to be able to develop uh, homesteads or, or places in which they can they can call their own with arable land. Um, they, and there's a lot of arable land out there that is simply not being utilized um, or not being utilized effectively, you know, just to produce um, cash crops that are ultimately going to be, you know, shipped far, far away in order to produce feed for cattle or, um, you know, produce high fructose corn syrups or you know some other kind of addictive material right because once again things are created not based on their utility but based on Mm -hmm. their uh ability to make profits within the capitalist mode of production so yeah Mm -hmm. yep yeah totally out of whack uh yeah it's 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 robotic and inefficient in the absolutely wrong way yeah it's pretty most wrong way it's cool, but we call it efficiency because dollar bills come out at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's super efficient at producing those dollar bills. Yeah. Um, and it'll just it'll go and go and go and go and go. It'll it'll grow like the fucking cancer that it is until it kills humanity. Yep. Exactly. Or you put it into it, you know, or you recognize that you know you quite literally just have to start like sectioning out tracts of land and being like, hey, do you want a tract of land? person that doesn't have land and like here you go there's your land um that's how it was with like i mean of course this is not supposed to be a basis because you know where does that land come from to begin with but like early colonists were given 50 50 acres when they came to the united states um and you know that's that's totally wait where'd that land come from (laughs) what where'd that land come from (laughs) where yeah where did that land land come from from? okay so even then it's like if you revert back to settler colonialism, um, exactly settler colonialism. Well, so like take it take it a little bit farther back than that, then and, and even then you have permaculture food forests uh, and um, uh, areas that were effectively communally owned. Uh, so you didn't have to necessarily worry about having a grocery store because the grocery store was all around you and everybody wanted to take care of it because. Uh, it was where you got your food. Well, and it, yeah. it was just like a thing. It was like, it, it's easily understood. Well, it's built into you from day one instead of this like exceptionalist nationalism that that we get instead. One thing that I've heard from Luna Oi and her uh, videos on YouTube is that basically um, 
due to well I, I think historically it's always been a thing in vietnam but it was reinforced uh you know post vietnam war and stuff like that uh that basically it was encouraged that for people just to grow food everywhere like anywhere that was a green space that wasn't being utilized it was encouraged just yeah. to go grow food there it's not being used for anything grow some fucking food we need food mm-hmm. green space there grow food there and so there it's just a totally normal thing that if there's a patch of land that you just grow fucking food on it right as opposed mm-hmm. to united states where you know if, if it's not commodified and bought from the grocery store then it's strange and foreign we only we can only acknowledge <laughs> food when it's when it's given to us in a commodified form and in a plastic bag or a cardboard box and our our yards are just grass and in many places it's illegal to grow food in your front yard i think i i was reading what yeah it's illegal to grow food in your front yard i i think there's a uh i think there's a or a, a city ordinance or whatever that in the city of louisville you're technically not supposed to grow food crops in your front yard Wh- swear to god why aesthetics home value prices that's fucking disgusting well, exactly that's what once again what it all comes down to is always money i i told you prior that i i'm pretty sure i got kicked out of my life or i got us kicked out of our, our last uh living space because i was growing up yeah i would like i grew up the lawn like really high because i was gonna chop it down for hay and grow potatoes in it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, my potato, my tomato plants were looking pretty good. I was like growing them in some, uh, in my grass clippings over in the corner. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. But yeah, got those seeds from the grocery store, man. It, uh, <laughs> Out of a tomato. Well, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, yeah, you got that shit for free. It was just a bonus. You know, you didn't have to mm-hmm. go and buy seeds. You fucking got it from yep. the source uh that's amazing three three dollars for a thing of tomatoes and you get tomatoes for a lifetime exactly that's just how that goes exactly it, it mm-hmm. money grows on trees you got only got to pay for the tomato once and then you got tomatoes forever uh but yeah but, no it's just yeah obviously that wouldn't solve all our problems but it would be a step in the right direction and you know what i mean victory gardens used to be a thing and basically victory gardens are the same kind of idea as the uh fucking whatchamacallit uh the vietnamese uh post-war period growing food everywhere that there was green space i mean that's basically the same thing there was rationing of food in the united states and if you wanted food you know go grow a fucking garden um mm-hmm. yeah but the problem like right here right now is that people don't have the food stuffs for tomorrow yeah so if exactly. if shit goes down today like exactly you know the our entirety of our, our our social fabric decays and over the course of winter obviously people aren't going to be able to grow anything in that amount oh, yeah, of time yeah, yeah. no 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 yeah we're yeah, done yeah. for but guess what the grocery stores they have a lot of food well and, they and have, as we and as we have a certain see, amount of food and as we see with this article, shoplifting spikes in the UI, U.S. amid increasing desperation as pandemic drags on. If people need food, they're going to go and get the food. Yeah, uh, they'll go get the food. And so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll go get the food until the food runs out. And I think that if things get bad enough, the food will run out too. 
um, I used to hear these little these little allegories about how terrible the USSR was because of the extraordinarily long bread lines uh, that people would have to cart wheelbarrows of cash or Wait, something like no, that. You're thinking of, no, you're thinking about the Weimar Republic. That's the Weimar Republic. That was prior well, no, to it World was, War Two. So they uh, yes, so it was it was, um, it was not the USSR. Um, it was uh, um, well, yeah, the, and the Weimar Republic was still yeah that wasn't even socialist because like what happened is the inflation rate because the Weimar Republic was so poorly mismanaged and the uh, and they had to pay so much money to the countries that won the war after World War One that basically mm-hmm. uh, as soon as people got paid from work they got paid in cash and they would run home. And then they would take this big, you know, uh, bag, like burlap sack of cash to the grocery store and buy as much as they could because they didn't do that. By the time they got there, either A, everything would be sold or B, it'd be too expensive for them to be able to afford it. Yeah, that's not even a socialist thing. But yes, bread lines, there's a stereotype of bread lines in the USSR. So I know it's definitely not a socialist thing, but like based on the culture that i was raised in in western kentucky yeah um all of those things culminated into um all of those tenets so you'd basically have like uh super expensive but still not able to get inefficient processes and then they blamed that on whatever ideology would come to mind right. so in this particular circumstance it was commonly socialism that i would hear that in accordance with right. even though i you know, of course, now know that it, that's not the case. Right. Um, but you know, it, it, the the Weimar Republic being the the place in which this, or you know, the the period in which this occurred, mm-hmm. um, it it doesn't even matter. Right. It's just like everything <laughs> bad. Just just call it socialism. The the the, yeah. the the extreme inflationary period in the Weimar Republic, socialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Venezuela being sanctioned to hell by the United States and uh, it's it's gold being held abroad by England and them not having access to it. Socialism. That's the problem socialism. there is socialism. Well, what I was what I brought that up for, um, these are the types of things that, of course, we're seeing in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so 50 years down the line, looking back at the winter of 2020, I think that historians will be able to very easily pick up on the relationships between, say, the Weimar Republic and the United States of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that it doesn't lead to mass starvation, um, but I could very well see our food line supply chains disintegrating uh, if the problem continues to exacerbate. And well, I don't know exactly well, the pro- where the, the beginning of that is, problem is. It's is. not even, it's not like it's a lack of food. We have the fucking food. People just don't have the money for the food. Yes. The food's there. Right. That, that's what, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm getting at. It's like, I'm not exactly sure where the problem starts here, except that I know that it all revolves around, uh, this forced fruition where people don't have the means to be able to have agency in their life. So thus they are forced into dangerous circumstances that exacerbate those problems uh, by encouraging a pandemic uh, or by, um, you know, uh, stigmatizing uh, 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 protests by seeming as though they're rioting or I mean, like it's it's very easily to stigmatize something like theft. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy to stigmatize something like vagrancy, which I think during a, a certain time in the United States, vagrancy was effectively not having a job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was directly unlawful to not have you know, some semblance of work. And now that people literally don't have the ability to work because a lot of companies yeah, are going over that have been can't. mismanaged. Yeah. Then they, they, they literally cannot. Um, so because they don't have a function in the society, uh, a, as outlined by capitalist sentiments, uh, they're, they're, they're going to flounder. They, they have, they have no, they have no reason to exist based on, on that, um, based on that, that line of reasoning. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Because people will always like say stuff about, you know, like socialist experiments of like Russia and other Cuba or wherever. And uh, they'll talk about, oh, they had to ration food or something like that. But the thing is, is that like people never stop to think that uh, there's rationing in the United States, but the rationing is done through price, right? That you that mm-hmm. food is rationed in the United States by price. If you have and, it, and it's through very, it's a formula that we're all very familiar with as Americans. If you have the money, then you to afford it, then you can buy it, you can take it home. If you don't have the money, then you can't afford it, and you don't get to take it home. And and we're seeing that rationing right now with this article mm-hmm. showing us that one in eight American adults, more than twenty five million, uh, reporting that they often didn't have enough to eat in the past week. Um, and so, you know, uh, it, it just like with any society, you're going to have to decide how you're going to distribute those resources to the citizens of society. And so, you know, it's uh, instances like uh, well, 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 with the Cuban example, you get uh, what is a ration book, which, you know, from the American standpoint, point of view, we would frown and say that that's uh, dumb and bad. But the ration book ensures that every person gets food according to their needs, and then you can use extra money as a supplement to buy extra food or special food for special occasions on top of that if you want. Where in the United States, there isn't that bare uh, minimum entry of your ration card or book or whatever of food access. And if you don't have money, then too bad, son. I guess you get to starve and die. Well, there are things like like WIC, uh, you know, and, and food stamps, um, EBTs, and, well, and it's the apparently like. not cutting it for twenty five million Americans, <laughs> right? That mm-hmm. that didn't have enough to eat in the past week. Yeah, uh, and even then, if it's um, I mean, I, I guess that might play into to. Uh, never mind. I'm not gonna. F- I'm not gonna fucking go there. I'm not. Gonna- <laughs> Well, and, fucking, like, and the issue is too is like if it's not like a universal background, then there's always going to be people who fall through the cracks that don't qualify. That even though they don't have enough to eat, like they don't qualify for X, Y, and Z program. You see, like the same thing with like um, the Affordable Care Act and like Medicaid. You have people that are too broke to afford the health insurance based on how much they make, but they make too much based on like the little fucking technocratic, whatever formulae of like how much you make versus blah, 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 that they, that they, mm-hmm. that they uh, also don't qualify for Medicaid. So they're just like in this fuck zone where you had people that had to like pay annually uh, a certain amount of money because uh, they weren't too, they weren't poor enough for Medicaid and they weren't, didn't make enough money to pay for insurance. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and you see like that same kind of stuff happening, you know, with WIC programs or happening with food stamps. Like when I was living in like San Diego, I made like $11 an hour or whatever. And I was like, fuck, I'm having a really hard time getting by. Maybe I, maybe I should get some food stamps. And I didn't qualify for fucking food stamps. I made too much what? fucking money. I made too much money in San Diego for food stamps. I only know this because I looked it up and I was like, because I'm not proud. I'm not a proud person. And so I was like, I'm broke as fuck. The rent's high as hell out here. You know, $11 mm-hmm. an hour ain't shit in San Diego. And that was too mm-hmm. much for food stamps. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I ate, I got by, like I didn't starve and die or anything, but I mean, but your, your nutrition was probably dog shit. It was, it was okay. It was mostly cigarettes and beer, but I mean, (laughs) 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 that's another thing. Like people are claiming that they're getting, and that goes back to the permaculture thing. You, you got to have supply lines of nutritious food. The amount of food that people consume on a daily basis that is absent of any meaningful nutrition is far too high in the United States. Obesity has never been higher. Heart disease is still uh, our number one killer, or is it cancer? It's I think one of it's those heart two. Heart disease is number one. Heart disease is still number one. Okay, I so think I could be wrong. Uh, I didn't look it up. So. The, the you were talking about the distribution system it's like if there ever was a time in which you could say the invisible hand of the market has created an opportunity it is when it comes to making trash food because oh, yeah. you have a bunch of poor people that can't afford anything other exactly. than fucking trash now trash is the cheapest yeah so like you you just like you shovel in this like this stamped out gray matter and, and it it makes them fat, but they're always tired. You know, they, they never have the um, uh, the proper uh, nutritions uh, to 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 even be able to to think straight. M- much less like uh, I don't know, like pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Whatever kind of like stupid uh, narrative you want to create in order to justify forcing people into that type of depravity. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, yeah, it's fucking gross. And, like, people are, like, stealing the wrong shit, man. <laughs> oh, come on. People are going to steal whatever they can get. I mean, they're going to steal whatever they can do? get. What are you going to do? What do you want them to do? Make... Steal a fucking watermelon? Just like, that's it. Yeah. That's inconspicuous. I'm just going mm-hmm. to take this giant watermelon, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, I, yeah. I mean, they're, they're grabbing the compact, easy to carry carbs. If you're going to steal something, stealing a bag of pasta, pasta is going to be a lot easier than other stuff yeah. and at least it'll fill you up for the day mm-hmm. in a single box of pasta you can feed like a, a family of four uh you know like that mm-hmm. that's that, that'll work um i mean it's not the best kind of food uh but it, i mean it, it, it'll it'll like it'll fill you up i guess yeah no it's fucked up yeah, but that's that's always been one of those questions. Um, you know, you you find yourself in um, in like a, a a debate critical of capitalism, and you talk about like, well, who in a society gets the good stuff and who gets the bad stuff? Because there's a spectrum of quality mm-hmm. in a myriad of 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 industries. Uh, so when you're talking about like the parts of a cow, um, you know, if you could even reasonably have sustainable meat from a cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, then who gets the steak and who gets the hamburger? You know, 
it's it's not it's not as cut and dry as um you know it's just like well everybody gets one pound of hamburger and everybody gets one steak because that's there's way more hamburger on a cow than there is steak so i mean like you could you could do kind of something like you were saying earlier where you have like a specialty ticket or something like that right. and you're like well you know i i want to cash in this ticket for a ribeye uh, or something like that and then every other day of the week you're getting hamburger but even then how do you prevent your food supply lines just being geared entirely towards making making shit food like did, does the entire quality just like kind of like gear itself towards efficiency in that route instead it's a lot easier to make hamburger than it is steak why not just like grind up all the steak in the hamburger too yeah i mean uh, I mean, I would have to look more closely at like the Cuban model or whatever to give a concrete example. But I mean, I'm uh, I'm assuming that whoever would be in charge of whatever system you look at, you look at what's available, and then you make that available to people based on needs. So you know, if you have a bigger family, you get more stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're a smaller family, you get less stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think, and then all, and if and if you and if you're tying this into an entire like nationwide system, and and you also have your your healthcare that's also tied into it too. You're obviously going to want to incentivize giving people healthy food through your your air quotes your free program or your entitlements program or whatever program you want to call it for your ration card for food because you want your people to be healthy. If they're healthy, you incur less healthcare loss. Sure, people have extra money and they want to buy, you know, junk food or whatever. Yeah, go fine. Go for it. Whatever. But you, you, I mean, I think it. I think it just seems reasonable that you'd want to incentivize uh, a nutritional balanced diet to the um, the best you could mm -hmm. uh, do it. You know. Yeah. Not everyone's going to get to eat pistachios, you know, twenty times a day because they're like five hundred dollars a pound or whatever. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, a rich man's nut. Right, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, super uh, expensive issues. Yeah, and just because it'd be difficult to 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 plan something like uh, a universal food system doesn't mean it wouldn't be worth doing, and it doesn't mean we couldn't do it. I, within our current system, there are because people always like try to like say this stuff. It's like, oh, well, you see, it would never work because we could never plan out um, the economy like based on like how much people eat and stuff like that. Bullshit. Uh, Kroger and Aldi's <laughs> already do do these things. Walmart already yeah, does these things. These companies, they're economies. exactly, they're planned economies within themselves. They pay people lots of fucking money to figure out how much of each of the shit they can sell at these places in order to make sure that they meet the demand, aka the need of people when they want to buy this shit. And so I'm just saying, do that. But in order to meet everybody's needs, so you don't have 25 million Americans that are starving, as opposed to just doing it based on what people will buy because you're trying to extract profits from them. Like, we can't do it. We can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's totally possible. And, and especially in the way in which they, in a non-competitive sense, work with other stores through this, like, complex network right. of... Um, of digital information like that's effectively what's allowed us to be able to do this in the first place um, you have automatic inventories uh, you have um, uh, zip codes uh, you have all, all kinds of like uh, you know fantastic little uh, symbols and hacks and shortcuts mm -hmm. 
that make this possible. Barcodes and it, stuff like that. That old. That's like a, a. You could use that to track a lot of the different things. Yeah, zip codes. Actually, I think that's what we called. Uh, like I, I, I barcodes is pretty much what I meant. But uh, we we would call them zip codes at the fucking uh, wine store that I used to work at. Oh, for QSIP. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah is that yeah. what it is? QSIP? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It's it's for uh, um. Yeah, it's just like a palletizing kind of like a organizing thing. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, it's possible. Uh, you, you could definitely do it. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think you'd really have to worry about people stockpiling if they knew that they were going to be able to get that type. Exactly. Of thing. Like people, well, and also people make a bum rush on the market because they're they're worried that there's not going to be enough. Exactly. They, they recognize the inherent problem. Exactly. Yeah, this whole like I'm gonna make sure that I get enough for me and my family is uh, a byproduct of the individualized, alienated society that has been bred through this this weird competition that all uh, working class people seem to be with one another. Exactly. Yeah, they. I mean, at the uh, you know up up there at the top, they don't have to worry about that. It's like the you know their their needs have been met long long ago, and their needs will not only be met long in the future but also everyone that they know and care about you know will have their needs met uh in 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 a profound way um because they're not part of the reserve labor force you know they're, they're not part of the working class exactly yeah different rules different rules different teams oh man fuck them yeah fuck them um so this this shoplifting let's see um I I feel like this is like uh, it's it's all pretty it's all pretty obvious like uh, all all the stuff that I'm reading in here it's like yeah you know I wish you would have tried a little bit harder Forbes um <laughs> you you could have looked a little bit but, deeper oh no 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 but what through the perception of Forbes it makes perfect sense of if you're looking at through the eyes of like a stock trader right <laughs> that just picked up this article like oh so this is what the poor is deal with oh. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, oh, I'm doing fine. Okay. Yeah, they're like stuffing their face with a steak and it's like, oh man, what? Do we... <laughs> where, where are they going to get their steaks? Huh. Weird. Exactly. Guess I'll have to steal them now. <laughs> oh, the poor is always stealing things. Classic. Mm. Mm. They would be doing that, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. How very poor of them. How very poor of them. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. God, shit should be against the Geneva Convention. Right, yeah. We got, oh, we got a really man. cool quote here. This is the like, last thing. Uh, it's not a whole lot of people going in, grabbing TVs, and running out the front door. It's a very different kind of crime. It's people stealing consumables and items associated with children and babies. <laughs> Wow. Yep. The reality in December and January and February are going to be rough times. Hmm. Yeah. Go figure. Thank um, you. Do you, Do you think that uh, you're insulated enough from this, Jimmy? Do you think that uh, that you're gonna you're gonna feel some of that pain? No, I'm not unemployed. I'm not unemployed. And even if I was unemployed, I would. Be... You think there's risk of it? No. I'm I'm in an insulated company. Uh, okay. 
because uh, since uh, my work is directly related to like finance, like finance doesn't give a fuck about any of this shit, <laughs> and it's it's really gross and disgusting. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I totally realize that I am uh, uh, privileged. I mean, I've got friends and family members that aren't. I've got friends in the uh. Uh, that work in uh, serving and uh, they've been told that they can't work because the inside of the restaurant they work at is closed and uh, they can only work on days in which there is nice weather and even when there are days in which nice weather they have to share those days with other servers and may not even get to work so yeah I've got that I've got other family members uh, that are unemployed right now and uh, yeah no it's fucked I mean um yeah, no, it's it's bad. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yep, bringing everybody all the sad. This is a this is a pretty good episode, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just real shit, man. I mean, none of this shit's being talked about fucking seriously, or the fact that our government's just going to let people die. They've been letting people die since the start of this, and things are only escalating. And the best thing they can offer people is a stimulus that doesn't even offer a fucking stimulus check. So if you can call that a stimulus, I I don't know. And and the and the and the the cherry on top is is that this most recent stimulus bill that's being proposed right now is offering even less stimulus than the stimulus bill that was offered back, I believe, in either September or August by Donald Trump. It's even <laughs> smaller. It's fucking smaller. It's less than the previous one. The previous one also included a stimulus check. This one does not. And I think it's about $300 million smaller than the previous stimulus bill. Yeah. uh, Like they want to make the Biden administration seem as bad as possible. So they're kind of just like, yeah, you know, fuck it. No, but but this was also proposed. This was proposed by Nancy Pelosi. She's the fucking Democrat. Oh yeah. Well, we don't like them either. They own the house, but I'm just saying, like, like she, she, she stood up and defended it, and said that we don't think people need a stimulus check because we have a new president now who believes in science. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. That's what she fucking said. Those were the words that came out of her mouth. I wonder who's paying her to say that. Who knows? You think she's just coming to that conclusion on her own? No. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where the fuck the ideas come from for her. Yeah. And some like corporate lobbyist is putting the squeeze on her. Like, don't give people a stimulus. I need people to come crawling back to me. Pretty much. Honestly. Yeah. And on, and on top of that, she owned up to the fact that the reason why the house didn't pass a stimulus bill back on the first, uh, uh, when the, the one that was offered by Trump and his administration, it's because they were trying to make Trump look bad. Like she basically openly said it that they were trying to hurt Trump's chances to win in the election. Like, that's why they didn't help people. Just openly admitted it. <laughs> like, and it's not to say that that, that fucking Mitch isn't also bad, because I think there was, like, an also bill, like, there was a bill that was previously passed by the House that the that the Senate stomped on, right? I mean, Mitch is also bad, but Mitch independently being bad doesn't make Nancy Pelosi also independently terrible. They're both fucking terrible. Yeah, these 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 people don't really seem to have our best interests. No, they don't at give heart, a man. fuck about us. Oh my god. 
I don't even think I even sent you that one article. Fuck, did I? Oh man, I meant to send that. God damn it! What, fucking shit. Which one are you talking about? Um, there was an article. It was basically one of the duh articles. Um, and in this version of a duh article, it was saying basically that politicians that own stock in specific companies are more likely to pass deregulation bills for those companies. Um, you know, <laughs> which will help their own personal financial well being. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh so okay so just to ex explain it in general okay i, I just found um, it. I, I can't i don't see the I article just found it. i said it to you okay so title here okay, lawmakers cool. with stockholdings vote in ways that juice their portfolios data shows who knew mm -hmm. wow who knew <laughs> what you're telling me when people have a financial incentive to vote one way or another they vote in the way that boosts their own personal financial well-being. Who the fuck knew? Mm -hmm. Just to make it illegal for them to own stock, to have stock, yeah. or something. And then they just gotta have a bunch of like um, anti-materialist politicians. You know, uh, uh, can't own anything. No, I want materials politicians, but like from a Marxist sense. Uh, <laughs> like like dialectical materialists. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So a series of well-timed stock trades early in the pandemic brought Justice Department scrutiny on at least five U.S. senators this year over potential insider trading, including Georgia Republicans Kelly Lerfler and David Perdue. Though the inquiries were dropped, both lawmakers have taken heat on the issue as their respective campaigns head into a January runoff election that will determine partisan control of the Senate. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, AS keeps going on. Uh, let me go. There was a study. Okay. Uh, okay, so Peterson and Gross. Okay, so a new research from political scientist Jordan Carr Peterson and Christian, I guess they didn't they didn't want to be a f sort of associated with the other Jordan Peterson. So this is Jordan <laughs> and Christian Gross underscores why. Sorry, I got to close something real quick. Underscores why tighter regulations might be necessary. They found that members of Congress who own stock tend to vote in ways that benefit their portfolios, and that these decisions can't be explained away by other factors such as ideology or constituent interests. Lawmakers' decision making on issues such as financial regulation or economic intervention is significantly associated with legislators' ownership interest in the very companies subject to regulation, intervention, and potential rescue, according to a paper written by peterson and gross and published in the blah 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 <laughs> yep nice so yeah yeah go go, go figure well, it's like yeah uh yeah i am not surprised like, yeah i mean it's one of those things that I mean, we just all kind of assumed, but I guess it's good that these people did a study that can give us uh, a more uh, thorough analysis of the way um, lawmakers uh, vote in relation to their stockholding portfolios. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I feel like I've been thinking about this lately, and it's just the the way the way corporations and the communal owning of shareholders of companies just the way it kind of just muddies the water of the divide between um like proletarian and capitalists like especially like for example the way in which 
uh, Americans or most Americans, uh, excluding those ones that have pensions, uh, most Americans, you know, if they want to retire, they have to get a 401k, no matter how anti-capitalist they are, they have to get a 401k in order to build up some kind of uh, uh, money base to hopefully have enough money someday in the future to which they can retire. But ultimately, mm -hmm. it kind of ties uh, those individuals' future interest into the, air quotes, health of the stock market, right? If essentially right. tying their interest to that of wealthy elites that are actively making their lives hell in hopes that one day they can retire, you know, it's so fucked right. up. <laughs> Even though that, that that seldom occurs, and by the time that they actually get there, I found very few people who retire uh, being happy in, uh, in you know, solid retirement. Like they always want to do something afterwards, right? Like yeah. people are never going to be satisfied just like sitting at home and watching TV. No, like that's that that's a fucking half life. Nobody really wants that. Yeah. Um, is it nice to be able to pick and choose when you can or cannot do that? Sure, mm -hmm. but you know, we we live in uh, I, well, okay. So one, organically, people want to do stuff. Two, right. we live in exactly. a society that people want to propagandizes to us. Exactly. Yeah. People want to mm -hmm. do stuff. People want to do stuff. And, like, and people like try to muddy the waters and say that, oh, like, you know, socialists, they just, you know, want to do nothing and get free stuff. And it's like, no, everyone wants to fucking do stuff. Like mm -hmm. people. Well, I don't, I don't want to do the things that other people might want me to do. I mean, like it, it when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, being lazy, when it comes to working in like a, a dangerous, uh, industry setting right yeah i don't want to do that nobody wants to do that nobody should really have to do that and if that if that's what it ultimately takes in order to uh keep the cogs of our world turning then that means that that wheel should probably stop turning at least in the way that it is right like those jobs shouldn't be overtly dangerous and i understand that yeah there's still going to be dangerous jobs out there um but there are ways to mitigate it to an extent yeah. um and the last thing that should pop into anybody's mind as a way to appropriately or ethically design a system of production is to simply force people to do a job that you want them to do by restricting foodstuffs from them. Mm -hmm. Like that's the that's the most evil that that could possibly get. Right. Um, like it's not like they're incentivized. It's not like the the these corporations and these like uh, these moneyed interests are literally fighting over workers to come and and do that job. Like they're they're holding them at at, at effectively at gunpoint. Like right. you either work for me or you go hungry, yeah. uh, or you you know or you can go work for one of my competitors. That's like gonna be it's all the sad. same shit. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly, yeah. exactly. And like that's what people like try to like. You will have like the Ben Shapiro's of just like, well, actually, uh, uh, no one uh, is exploited because if you were to exploit a worker, then he would just leave and go get a job somewhere else, Mister. And it's like. What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? He should create his own opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, what? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> like, people, like, stay at shitty jobs because, like, that's the best thing they've been able to find up until that point. Mm -hmm. And if they could... With maybe, like, occasionally you can have, like, a, a really fast-talking, uh, you know, this, this kind of... Um, this rhythm about the way in which you speak and then enough people attach themselves to that voice and then you can just be a shitty talk show host yeah. and you can just make all your money like that. Right. I, is that is that what he's saying? 
Is that what he's saying that we should do? Basically, well, and like for them, like it's not, it's not even like a, it's not even like fair because he, I mean, he's also artificially propped up by right wing think tanks and other things right. that funnel money to him. And I can't remember how much someone was talking about the amount of money Ben Shapiro pays in just Facebook ads alone. And it was in the tens of thousands, I think maybe daily. I can't remember the exact statistics, so I'm just talking to my ass. But it is an inordinate amount of money that this freak pays to stay relevant as a uh, talking meathead for the right. But, um, yeah, no, it just, like, but like you were saying earlier, it's like people like to do stuff. You know, people like to be a part of a community. And I think part of the reason why going back to people, why people are so fucking miserable when they retire in the United States is that for most people, their entire identity ends up being wrapped in uh, their job because, uh, there's no sense of community in this country, uh, you know, outside of church and even that uh, there's very varying levels of healthy community building. Uh, but, you know, and especially, you know, people like our generation where a lot of us like aren't even involved in the church anymore. There's even less of a sense of community. So like once you uh, retire uh, and all and especially if you retire and all of your friends are still working now, you have all this free time that you haven't had your entire life and your body's already somewhat broken down. So a lot of the things you used to enjoy doing, you can't even physically engage with anymore. And Mm -hmm. like everyone else is busy. (laughs) Uh, And you don't feel like you're a part of anything and there's nothing for you to really be a part of due Mm -hmm. to the lack of community. So yeah, it's just like a horribly, Instead of like having your regular working alienation that you have, like from working all the time, now you just have alienation, alienation, where everyone's still doing stuff and you're no longer uh, important or have a purpose within the system. Yeah. Ugh. Fuck. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about that uh, a few stanzas ago. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like uh, you're only a worthwhile. Uh, uh, entity when you're actually participating in the production process. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you're not actually turning a profit for someone, you're worthless. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't actually have value in the society, um, at least, you know, based on the perspectives of the architects of said society. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, that's one of those things. Like there is, it is kind of like a uh, um, a passive compliance. Uh, the the four hundred one k, you know, the, the the advent of the four hundred one k, or or a, a bunch of other um, you know stock portfolio options, investment and index funds, um, things like that, um, or you know just in investment in the stock market in general. Um, it's something that uh, a lot of middle class people. Uh, obviously have the option to do, but not to the extent where they're actually making an impact in that market. Um, they're, they're only, uh, on the periphery uh, of this, this big game. Um, you know, this, this massive financial war that's being waged with huge sums of resources. Uh, and you know, we sit on the sidelines and however much we're able to, um, uh, you know, like throw at, at one of these sides, uh, then they'll, they'll kind of like compensate us for that in the long run. If we are, um, uh, if we're committed enough, if we have enough, uh, loyalty, mm-hmm. 
you know, to, uh, you know, a given brand or, you know, e even something as vague as a certain resource, I guess you could create portfolios off of certain natural resources and whatnot. Like water. Um, uh, well, see that, that's one of those things I think is going to have a lot more value in the long run. <laughs> well, yeah. Sand futures. Um, there's a lot of things that, um, that are, they're a little bit fishy. Uh, about that circumstance um you you don't want to have to do it nobody wants to have to do that uh and in the long run i think that we can actually see that you know we're for for us not to have that money for that amount of time it, it's actually much harder for us to to survive like uh i, I know that there there there's been quite a few algorithms developed um, in order to show you like how you could possibly make a million dollars by the time that you're oh, yeah. 30 by putting away like a thousand dollars a summer or something like that. If you start um, saving when you're 12 years old. Yeah. Compounding interest. Yeah. It's like if you, when you're 12 years old, put $3,000 away in the bank, it's like, um, oh, I don't, I don't have that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Well, if you start even a year later, then you're fucked. Yeah, then you're, <laughs> fucked and you're not going to have that money. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, I guess I was just too lazy as a 12-year-old, and <laughs> yeah. I, I never had the opportunity to be able to, to do that, so, damn. Fuck. That blows. Yeah. Oh, man. It's all... Yeah. yeah. So, they, they keep you terrified, um, and, it, and it really only takes... Um, you know, uh, a shitty job, uh, you know, a, a couple bad interactions with the boss. Um, maybe it takes some military service. Uh, maybe it takes, uh, literal poverty, uh, to scare you into constantly being on the lookout for any opportunity that could possibly yield, uh, a lucrative return. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to stocks, uh, th that's like, uh, that's gambling on a world stage. Oh yeah. Um, it's the biggest gamble that you could possibly make. Um, and, you know, some are safer than others. And, you know, that's where, it, uh, you know, the the whole, like, uh, uh, capitalist uh, opportunity um, uh, creators are risk takers. And that's why uh, they are rewarded to the degree they are. You know, high risk, high reward, R yada, yada, yada. Risk takers while getting a bailout every five to ten right. years from but the these people are not making they're not making risks like no they, risk you, you, you only make risks if you have to you can, or you're stupid you can, you only, yeah the yeah if you can't if you can't lose and if you're too big to fail then there's no risk involved <laughs> exactly they're playing on a different oh it's an entirely different level um, you, you're not you're not worried about taking food out of your kid's mouth, and that's what most of us working class people are going to associate that with. It's like, oh, you know, they took like however many millions of dollars and they invested it into a thing that could possibly fail. It's like, hey, even if it does fail, and you go to their house and you're like, oh man, like what are you going to do to feed your kids? And they're like, oh no 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 no, I have millions of more dollars. Yeah. Like obviously, I'm still going to enjoy a much higher quality of life than you're ever oh, going to yeah, have. But I can afford to take, well, you know, as much as I have right now and just throw it in the trash, you know, uh, on some kind of stupid business venture, if if that's what I so choose. Mm -hmm. um, but more often than not, it's they're safe investments. You know, they're, they're things that are probably going to yield a little bit of return, you know, maybe at, at the destruction of our natural ecosystem. But who gives a fuck? Exactly. <laughs>
And, yeah, and even if, I don't know, let's say you uh, create a terribly disastrous, I don't know, opiate drug, like in the case of the Sackler family and Purdue, mm-hmm. and your company has to, you know, go down the drain and get absorbed by the government, you can just reallocate your stocks into a different company and ride that bandwagon and not actually lose right. anything. <laughs> Like, yeah, the like, legal system is set up to protect you. Exactly, exactly. Like our entire legal and uh, yeah, uh, government in general, not just legal, but pretty much every mm-hmm. facet of it is kind of lumped that into the same category. Because without without enforcement, what are laws? Yeah, I mean they're effectively social contracts, mm-hmm. and I think that. People, you know, like you and I, we can have social contracts amongst one another that are effectively bound by mutual respect and uh, the appreciation that we have for one another's agency. I appreciate Um, you. I appreciate you too, Jerry. That's how a society is supposed to function, right? It's the best way that it can function because everybody recognizes the, the golden rule, right? It's just... Don't be a dick. Like, this is what I... That's what I want. That's probably what they want. Let's do something that we both want. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, it doesn't have to constantly be enforced, um, which is, is what's going to happen as soon as someone starts to disregard someone else's agency. Right. Uh, and why we have the justice system on such a magnanimous scale that we exactly. do. Exactly. You need a... Uh... Uh, well, in general, you want a non-biased third party to facilitate, uh, yeah, issues. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, uh, and yeah, you take that third party, and um, if that third party is going to represent the vested interests of the state, um, which is going to be, uh, uh, you, you know, totally divided from, you know, the people in which they're oppressing, uh, and you know, especially if. If they could stand to make a buck off of you, you mean if we, uh, in a ra- roundabout way? If we live in, a, if we <laughs> we live in a dictatorship of capitalist and we're not capitalist, you mean they'll make a buck off us and sell mm-hmm. us down the river? Yeah, I don't really feel like a an aristocrat, so I, you know, I don't think I'm part of that dictatorship. No, you're no. not. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, I um I recently found out that. Uh, I think so like the like the the risk associated with business like it's been a it, it was a um eroded over time it wasn't always like that uh like the limited limited uh uh liability associated with corporations it was only originally yeah. extended to uh state ventures that were seen to benefit uh the state as a whole not to individual capitalists like the east east indian trade company that was an example yeah. of an early uh limited liability company uh in its corporate form that if like the venture failed or whatever like the capitalists that were in charge of managing it weren't going to be held personally uh accountable mm-hmm. for the losses but uh outside of uh things like that like back in like you know the 1800s ye old capitalist days like let's say i wanted to run a linen factory right i'm a i'm an old world capitalist you know and i've yeah, saved textiles. i've saved up enough you know gold coins and whatever <laughs> the fuck gold bullion yeah mm-hmm. bullion and and i you know get my loan from the old timey bank and i have my factory right and if it went like tits up and failed uh 
you were fucked back then. Like basically they would take like, oh, okay, we're going to take all the assets we can from your business venture, take all of that. And if you still owed money after that, they would take, you know, your house, uh, everything you owned, and then send you to a debtor's prison if you still couldn't make up your loan. Yeah. Like that was like... It, That's hardcore. And, you know, like within that context, you could almost... I mean, I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't defend it, but you could like almost make, take, make like people in the current age that we live in now still make the taking risk argument as if we're still living in ye olden time England, as if that's mm-hmm. still the case, as if, as if these business venturist capitalists, if, if, if they fail, they're going to go to a debtor's prison and, uh, spend their days uh, m- m- making rocks smaller with a big hammer until they pay yeah. back their debts, right? But the reality mm-hmm. is, like, couldn't it be farther from the truth. Like, they- they're so they're so far detached from any of the risk involved in investment. And as of now, it's a bigger risk to go and get an education than go and become a capitalist. Because if you go and start a business, you can claim bankruptcy and be voided of your debts. But you can't declare bankruptcy on debts associated with an education due <sighs> to the bankruptcy bill that Joe Biden voted for, by the way. That, that's like another thing. But anyway. Yay, Joe Biden. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Making it to where you can't you call bankruptcy. I can't remember if it was education and medical debts, but I know it's education debts. You can't call bankruptcy and education debts, but it might also be medical debts too. I'd have to double check. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's le- yeah, you have, there's more risk involved with getting sick or fucking uh, getting an education than there is of starting a fucking business. Yeah. Um, well, and at the the more capital that you have behind your business, I think the less risk you ultimately take. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Like a, uh, yeah. But there, I think that that, that probably still rings true for a lot of small businesses, especially when they have to play by the ridiculous standards, um, that, uh, the state has kind of intertwined within larger businesses. Um, you know, like a, a small business is sub 500 people, but I guarantee that even a, a business that is, uh, you know, 50 people is going to be many times bigger and more corporate than a business of two to three people. For if certain, that, yeah. I mean, that's not even considered considering sole proprietorships. Like yeah. why in the world are you going to hold a sole proprietor under the same pretense as a 500 person <laughs> company? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up. Yeah, good good luck like yeah, you have all of these um uh like like tarp and um uh the the stimulus bill that that uh you know was passed for small businesses. Like how do you expect any of those small businesses to be able to get a chunk of that unless they have dedicated accountants and and people who are uh applying for various grants and um and benefits in that capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like the, it's just I don't know. I don't. I don't think that. It, did I tell you about the uh, the thing that I was looking up about the um, most recent stimulus package? In, no. I think it was in Kentucky, actually. Um, let me see if I can recall. Um, it was effectively like uh, you, you had to 
you had to basically enter into this weird gauntlet of a process in which you submitted an application explaining why you needed help. And then over time, it would be approved if certain parameters were met along this process. So it was effectively this like convoluted back and forth that I I have no idea how if you are a legitimate small business owner, like what we most think about, you know, right. like small mom and pop, you know, uh, um, you know, a, a couple that owns a bakery, uh, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up with that. I mean, like, and maybe it would be sufficient for you to just send in something like, I have a bakery. We had to close the bakery because, you said so. uh, because you said so, uh, can I, you know, can I at least be compensated based on the fact that I had to close my doors because you said so. Um, and then it just end right there. But we know that that's not how our government functions. No. <laughs> like I I've been to the DMV. God damn it. <laughs> Like it, that's that's not the end all be well, all of that. And the top of it too, I think the most you could receive as a small business was up to ten thousand dollars, and that doesn't include money for your employees that you're, you're that you're you know not having around as much because you don't have as much business or laying off altogether, right? It doesn't even take into account those people, right? Which I guess you could argue they could apply for unemployment or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, um, they could, but uh, it, it's still pretty convoluted. Oh yeah, a lot no, more it's complicated as than fuck. it needs I, to be. Our, uh, from what I understand, like, uh, like you can't even get through on the phone lines uh, in a lot of different places right now. That basically it just rings uh, forever, or it rings and then gives you a busy signal, and then you can't get through. I mean, there's still there's still people that I'm sure that haven't. Um, been able to uh, appropriately get uh well i do actually i know someone that didn't get uh paid like the during like the second wave or whatever when they couldn't work um yeah so don't know man it's fucked it's pretty fucked pretty fucked <sighs> well I, I don't know how much i'm going to edit of this particular episode but i'm probably going it's to... an upper man it's a good it's it's get good vibes people are going to want to listen to everything we have to say i know i'm just kidding <laughs> um um but do you want to you want to go ahead and sign off we can keep talking i, I just i'll i'll yeah. need that to like yeah, it's pretty, butt back up against yeah this is pretty this is pretty thick pretty dense um all right well i guess on that note um you know Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's a rough episode, folks. Okay. (laughs) All right. I mean, uh, if you've gotten this far, you know, congrats. Uh, We appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for listening. Um, If you're going through this hard stuff we were talking about, stick with it. I I don't know what the fuck to say. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, If you would like to reach out and talk to us about uh, what you're currently going through so we can talk about on the episode, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook and message us at Cynic Empowerment 
or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at Cynic and Power Me One. We'd love to hear from you. It'd mean a lot to us. And if you're listening to us through any of the listening apps out there, please, for the love of God, please like and review this goddamn show so other people can find us. Yeah. Yeah, it helps you find us like, hey, wait a second. I thought I put that last box of fettuccine on the shelf over here. Hey, hey, Jimmy, have you have you seen my last box of fettuccine? I I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure we had a box left. Oh, wait, right. where is it? Oh, over there, over there, that lady with the babies. It's in her purse. Good. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, maybe, maybe I know, I know, I know. What's the store's protocol to uh let let uh internal security know whenever someone's stealing uh stealing stealing uh merch? But uh maybe maybe let this one go. N- no, I I cannot. I I am lost prevention. Uh, extraordinaire over here. I'm looking for a raise. Yeah, but it's I'm, it's like a it's like a dollar fucking fettuccine. It's like it's not even like. I mean, if it was like a fucking if it was like if it was if it was a PS5 or something, I would get it. But it's a, it's a fucking box of fettuccine, bro. Just like just let this one go. Come on, man. All right, you sold me be, on it. Be cool. That's, that's the change of heart that I needed. <laughs> Just gonna let her go out the door. Yeah. Woo! <laughs>